How's everybody doing? All right. Well, we're going to continue with the theme on love, more love. And the title of the sermon is... I actually used the word love twice, so I thought we pretty well nailed it. It's love what God loves. Love what God loves. And we're going to be over in Micah 6, so you can be turning over to Micah 6. So if we're going to love the way that God loves, if we're going to love what God loves, then we've got to feel the way God feels about situations. We've got to yearn for the things that God yearns for in certain situations. We've actually got to hate the things that God hates. We've got to be passionate about the things that God is passionate about. And then we begin to wrap our head around loving what God loves. Micah 6, verse 8, we're going to, or I'm sorry, verses 1 through 8. This is an interesting um, passage here. Listen to what the Lord says. Stand up, plead your case before the mountains. Oh, we've got court. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear, O mountains, the Lord's accusation. Listen. Your everlasting foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a case uh -oh, against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam, my people. Remember what Balak, king of Moab, counseled, and what Balaam, son of Bor, answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has showed you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? A three-point sermon. <laughs> I wasn't going to do a three-point sermon. I said, oh, no, there it is. You know, this is interesting. God is holding court. God is holding court. And those that are at odds are God and Israel. Not good for Israel, I wouldn't say. Israel's on trial for being unjust and ungrateful. Israel pleads their case. They even bow down in honor and, and humility. And they bid pretty high in verse uh, Six, it says that uh, after they bowed down, they said, should they come with burnt offerings, with a calf, 
or calves a year old, 10,000 rams, uh, or thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil, my firstborn. And God says, no, that's not really what I'm after. He says, what you can do to love me, to honor me, is to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. Okay, so why don't we take a look at those, those three. Now, Israel lived in a time of, you know, corruption, injustice. You know, times were bad then, as times are now. And, and we see in the news that it only seems to get worse and worse. This whole thing of terrorism. I remember back in the 70s, you know, there would be these isolated events that seemed like hijackings and whatnot. But as we get into the 80s and the 90s, these events become bigger. Some of them still orchestrated by one or two or a small group, but horrific. And then we get in 2000 and after, and we just see huge acts of terrorism that's organized and orchestrated. Uh, it's um, happening all over the world. And so this whole thing, if you just look at terrorism alone, aside all the rest of the stuff, racial discrimination, all the other things we deal with, that alone, we just see it advancing. We see it getting worse and worse. And that's what God was seeing with the nation of Israel. Just continue to get worse. It continued to get worse. Can you imagine if we lived in a world where everyone acted justly, loved mercy, and walked humbly? What kind of a world would that be? What kind of a workplace would it be if everyone acted justly, loved mercy, and walked humbly? What would your family be like if everyone under the roof acted justly, loved mercy, and walked humbly? It'd be a whole different, but you know what? We can't wait on others to jump in and do that. It's really up to us. Today, we'll hear a message. We can walk out with a decision to act on, on my behalf and not worry about what others are going to do, or we can walk out and say, well, whatever, you know. So it's up to us if we're going to make it happen. All right, act justly. Justice is being fair, uh, being, you, you think about it as, as in court. You know, you're going to try to come to a fair decision. Uh, you're going to try to be impartial, try to be equal. Now, this isn't a God problem. God says, wherever he says it, that he does not show favoritism in any way. So God is just. God is fair. It doesn't always seem that way, but he has a bigger plan. In the end, it will all be fair. But we live in a world that's very unfair. Every one of us loves to get our day in court. We, if we're standing in line at the grocery store, we want it to be fair. If we feel that someone's at a disadvantage, or we are, we want it to be fair. If uh, you're in a restaurant, you want it to be fair. If you're with your spouse in a bump, you want it to be fair. So we're all about things being fair, right? And the Constitution, if you looked at it, justice is written all over that doggone thing. But we still see a lot of injustice, right? If in your workplace, I would guarantee, I'm just sure of it, that there's laws, well, there's laws, I'm sure they have, they hopefully enforce these laws, They're, I think we're required to even do trainings on harassment, whether it's sexual harassment, physical harassment, ethnic harassment, harassment to the elderly, 
bullying. It's all there. We're supposed to have fair and just workplaces, but we don't see it, right? Um, you can look in Micah, as we read the first part of that. Lots of injustice, lots of unfair things going on. The Bible says to act justly. It doesn't say to step back and think about it. It doesn't say to consider it, to contemplate it, to have a discussion group about it. It says that when we see injustice, we are to act. Some of us are wired, you know, that, that comes pretty easy. We will step in. We will say something. Um, I'm not as wired that way. But Savannah, our daughter, and I think she gets this from Beth, they're wired that way. You know, they don't like injustice. They don't like it when someone's treated unfair. They speak up about it. And um, so I'll tell you a quick story. Savannah in high school, I was very proud of her. Um, but she doesn't, she'll only put up with, she's always been kind of looking out for the underdog. PE class, there's a, let's just say, disadvantaged, under, you know, developmentally delayed young man in PE. So you can you know what that he doesn't dress the same as the others he doesn't talk the same as the others and you know what's going on with the other kids they're whispering behind his back they don't want him on their team they're making jokes he can hear this stuff and savannah puts up with about a week of that and then before class started on one pe day she said i have something to say <laughs> and she's gonna say it to all of them she said i'm sick and tired of the way you're treating him. And I can't remember his name. He is a part of this PE class, just like the rest of you and me, and I'm gonna have him on my team, and I expect this to change. <laughs> so, and it did. She spoke up, she didn't know how that was gonna fly. She probably was shaking her boots the whole time she was doing it, but she was fed up with the mistreatment of this little guy. And so she acted. That's what it means to act, not to get, not to be all passive aggressive and talk to somebody about it and gripes you. No, you address the situation. That's acting justly. All right, so does that mean we just go around telling everybody off? Um, you know, all right, I'm on my platform. You, you did this, you did that. Well, you can. But the next piece of this is to love mercy. So those of us that tend to be really, really good at acting justly, we can get kind of judgmental sometimes, and then we're not thinking about what it means to love mercy. The Bible says in Matthew 5, verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. On down in verse 11, blessed are those or blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Verse 23, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar and go and be reconciled. Verse 43, you have heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but Jesus says, love your enemies, 
Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. This is stuff that Jesus is saying. We, you know, we have a hard enough time showing compassion and love and understanding to one another. We're working at that half the time, right? Trying to figure out what is the empathetic thing to do, what's the compassionate thing to do, and that's for our friends, that's for our family. Is that the same as loving mercy? It is not. Loving mercy is doing that for those that persecute you, offend you, don't like you, say bad things about you. You know, that's what this is talking about. Loving mercy is not loving acts of mercy, like doing the right thing. It's actually in your heart. It's something that comes from within, and you're actually able to show some understanding, some connection with even those that oppose you. Okay, so we were coming back from vacation a week ago, whatever it was. I had my parents in their car. I had driven them down to normal. We'd driven two vehicles, we're dropping Savannah off in normal. And we came right on to a really bad car accident. I didn't see it happen. I'm surprised I didn't because I, we, I was the first one on it. So I said, oh no. So I whipped the car over. Of course, my 83-year-old mother says, I'll come too. And I'm like, no, you stay in the car. <laughs> Call 911, do something, but just stay here. So, um, and then I realized that my, my dad's like reaching for his phone. He can never find it. Then he doesn't know how to turn it on. I'm like, oh, well, somebody else will call 911. So anyway, I ran up. Very classic situation. Poor thing. Um, she was sitting there in a fog, right, trying to figure out what happened. Car is demolished. The doors all sprung open. Steam coming up, you know. And um, I said, hey. She was, I mean, she was conscious, thank goodness. And I said, hey, and I said, my name's Mark. And I said, what's your name? She told me her name. I said, I'm gonna look you over a little bit and see if you're okay. So she had one leg, you know, all twisted up. And I'm like, oh, I hope that's not broke. And I, I couldn't find anything on her head. I couldn't see blood. I said, what's going on with that leg? And she kind of pulled it over and didn't look broken. So I thought, well, you know, she, the airbags had gone off. And I thought, you know, she looks pretty good, actually. She's just kind of all, you know, befuddled. And I said, um, she said, uh, it was my mistake. She said, I pull, she said, I did not see him. And she said, I, I know I caused this accident. And um, I said, well, you know, let's just take first things first. She's already talking about this is her only vehicle and da-da-da-da. And then she said, I feel so bad. That man came over here and he told me off, the guy that she ran into. And you know what I did? I looked over, I saw this big fancy Honda. It didn't look all that wrecked. And I thought to myself, jerk, you jerk. That is not being merciful. Now, I was very compassionate to her 
got locked in, got eye to eye, said, okay, I'm here to help you. I'm going to stay right with you. I'm not leaving until they come. You're going to be okay. But then the offender, you know, and he wasn't really the offender. She's the one that caused the accident. Actually, it's like, oh, what a jerk for him to come over and say that. Now, he might have had a small child, you know, in the front seat or in the back. He might have just bought this car. He may have acted out of just impulse or adrenaline. I had no story on him. I got the story on her, and then I placed judgment on him because I, you know, I was all about her. So, you know, that, that is the example that came to my mind when I was putting this lesson together, how easy it is to pass judgment. I got the facts. She told me this. And, I mean, you know, I don't know what he did. Maybe he did come over, tell her off, and all this business, which wasn't helpful. But nonetheless, we've got to find a way to love mercy, to find ways to be merciful. There would be no reason to love mercy if there wasn't injustice. <laughs> That's when mercy comes in. If you've been treated unjustly, then you can get mercy. Compassion is different. It's about just jumping in and showing some love and some understanding, but mercy takes on a whole, whole different level. Okay, a couple things before we jump into the third point. Did you know, and I know you do, that God not only forgives our sins, but he forgets them? We talk a lot about forgiveness, but he actually forgets. Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 130, verse 3 says, I remember your sins no longer. Hebrews 8, verse 12 says there's no record. There's no record. It's almost like you could take your sins and stuff them down into a rocket and just keep putting them in the top end of that baby and just put it in and God blast that thing off into the orbit and it just blows to smithereens. And they all go out, fragments, and it's gone. It's just gone. And if we called up Reginald, the record keeper in heaven, and said, Reggie, do you have record of the sin back in, you know, 2002? It was a horrible sin. What's your social security number? You know, looks it up. No record. No record of that sin. God not only forgives, but he forgets. How do you do with that? How do I do with that? Letting it go, forgetting, moving forward. That's what it means to love mercy. Okay, let's move on. Um, walk humbly. So we're going to act justly, we're going to love mercy, and we're going to walk humbly with our God. Now, Corey knows that I have a lot of talents. I am a... I am a talented individual. So I'll tell you, well, you know how awesome it is? You know, just for example, us men, when we mow the yard, how many times do you go look out the window and check on that baby after it's done? It's like, man, that looks pretty good. You know, and all we did was mow the yard. You know, you kind of you go check it out. It's like, man, that looks awesome. And then two days later, the weeds are all popping up again, you know. But, you know, we love to do our little, uh, you know, our little accomplishments and kind of feel good about them and all that. Well, mine started in the sixth grade. 
on a field trip on a yellow school bus headed to Springfield, Illinois from Vandalia. I put 32 pieces of bubble gum in my mouth, chewed them, and blew a great big old spanking bubble right for it. That was, that was big. I moved on later to learn how to ride a unicycle. Ooh, ooh, it's big. Do you know that I can spot a vintage car down the road and I can probably, by the time that baby gets to you, tell you what year, make, and model that is. So you see, we have a lot of things to be proud of. I, Corey's giving, yeah. And, and they go on and on. I mean, I, I could list a whole bunch of stuff that I can do. And maybe you can do a bunch of stuff too. Maybe you finished high school. Maybe you got a degree from a big old fancy university, right? Um, maybe you make over $65,000 a year. Maybe it's $75,000 a year. Maybe you read your Bible. Maybe you come to church. Maybe you put a check in the offering plate. It goes on and on. We do so much, don't we? Aren't we, aren't we all of that? And yet, I don't think God really goes, ooh, it's like, uh-uh, <laughs> it's not it, that's not quite it. Because standing before God, what is any of that? I mean, you know, okay, I can ride a unicycle. <laughs> you know, I can fall flat on my nose. Um, God, I can still ride a unicycle, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, we can, we can get all up in this, these things that we do or can do, and they can't. And I don't know. But you know, if we walk humbly with our God, um, we realize how mortal and finite we are. So I see this every day with my job. I'm a, I'm a social worker in hospice. I take care of the dying and their families. And I see them many times right up to the last breath. So if there's ever an opportunity to see, I mean, we come into this world with nothing, and I guarantee you we leave with nothing. I witness it all the time. And so we, we kind of get this in our head that, you know, we're all about this and we can go and we can do and we can, but you know, at the end of the day, we're all pretty broken down. We really don't have a whole lot of control and things are a lot more finite than they are infinite, infinite. Um, so <clears throat> to walk humbly, with God means that we need to sort of see it through the lens of God. Back to what we said earlier. What he loves, we love. What he feels, we try to figure out how we could feel that way. What he yearns for, what he's passionate about, we become passionate because it's God, not because it's us. Um, so in wrapping up, we talked about uh, back in Micah 6, verse 8, let's see if we can go back there. Yep, shoot, I didn't. Um, well, let me just, what they concluded with in Micah 6, verse 8 was that what the Israelites needed to do was, again, act justly, 
love mercy and walk humbly with your God. So it's basically reaching out, reaching in, and reaching up. If we can reach out, if we can reach in, and if we can reach up, that's kind of what we're accomplishing. And hopefully there's one of these points maybe that kind of strikes home. That's why it's a good idea to take a few notes, write a scripture down here or there. If you can go home and think about one of those three areas that you'd like to work on, or that person that you don't tend to act real merciful towards, and begin to do a little work on that this week, God will be real happy because then we're beginning to reach in, right? So that's the message. Um, walking, uh, or I'm sorry, acting justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly with our God. Amen. I think we've got somebody. Amen. Um, Steve and Rebecca, I think, are, are doing great. I see a few pictures here and there. Uh, they're vacationing. I think they'll be home soon. I know they're going to be back for services next week. Uh, Jennifer's got a few announcements, and then we'll probably be dismissed. Thank you, Mark. Very, very